Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates and they were roommates. talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. You know, like nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. How was cool? Worst day of my life. What do you think? What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang. You ever take it off any sweet jumps? What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mix. I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who kind of, you know, spits like a llama, Cody Webb. Oh, I thought, uh... Napoleon jokes come my way there. I'll take that. I'll take the llama any day of the week. But uh, yeah, man, excited to be back. Another episode of Cap. May Mania continues. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode. We've got a fun movie. And it should be a good one. But yeah, very excited. In this group, your hair is probably the closest to becoming Napoleon-like. True. uh, But you're not quite there yet. So I didn't want to go for that low-hanging fruit. Speaking of a group, we are in a group. It's May Mania. We have a guest to talk about Napoleon Dynamite. Friend of mine, classmate at Purdue, Jacob Sullivan. He's on the podcast to talk Napoleon Dynamite. Jacob, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm good. Pretty good. Happy to, have, happy to have you on. Very excited. Uh, it is May Mania. Before we, so before we get into anything, we have to recommend an old episode. I'm going to recommend cool. Season 3, Episode 10, Dazed and Confused. Not that long ago. We did this episode, pretty recent one into April. It was actually our last episode before we started May Mania. But I think some people didn't check it out. Uh, That is a a very good episode. It's a very good episode. It was one of our favorites to record. If you've not listened to that one, I I would wreck that one as well. Classic cap right there. There you go. In our prime, in our bag. We're also in our bag. We might have peaked on that episode. I'm not going to lie. We might have, but hey. Here's take number two. Here's our second chance to peek. Let's talk Napoleon Dynamite. Jacob, why'd you pick the movie? Why? 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 That's a great question. So I, I told Corbin about this. Um, he asked me what movie I wanted to do, and I was torn between this movie and a completely different one, Parasite, which is like, you know, um, the, the same in many ways. I'm kidding. Not really. But um. I saw this at a pretty young age. It was always on like, I don't know, Nick at Night or something, something like that. But it's just like, I thought it was the best thing ever made. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever made. And then I watched it like not long ago. I watched it like a year or two ago. And I thought it was still hilarious. And I thought it was like so stupid and so rewatchable. And then I watched it again. And I was like, this really holds up in a lot of ways. And I think it's one of the funniest movies ever made and it's really about nothing. And I think that's the best thing you can get in a movie. So I tell you what, I think that, uh, that really sums it up. It's extremely rewatchable to really, you know, you joke with parasite, but it is an interesting look at, uh, you know, class in America at a certain time period. So maybe, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect the dots for him, but no, it's actually a lot of fun. And I'm really curious to hear Cody's initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam! And I want to start it off with this, Cody. Mm-hmm. 
do you think this is a movie I like? Okay, interesting question. I'm actually curious about this. I would guess that you don't like this movie. Just because a lot of good movies Corbin just hates on for no reason. Uh, yeah, but throwing it to my initial thoughts as well, this was actually the first time I've seen this movie. So props oh. to Jacob, bring it on something new that I haven't seen before. Same. And um, I'm a fan. I, I agree. I think this movie, even though I've only seen it once, I think it is super rewatchable. It's something I would like turn on right now with no complaints. I think the just the dry humor, the dialogue is it, pretty funny as well. Um, but in general, like Jacob can as well, I mean, there's no real plot. And, you know, that's something in the past where I've said, you know, um, we're not just going to allow movies to have no plot and not shout it out. This one's on the cusp. You know, I've called out Lady Bird before. Um, so if I'm not letting Lady Bird pass, I'm, I'm certainly not letting this pass. And as well, yeah, this movie, nice. yeah, it's kind of like Lady Bird in, in the way it's cut up, I think. Um, hey, I was actually going to, I was going to make a similar comparison. Uh, good. So this is interesting. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, Corbin, uh, on our Lady Bird episode, you made a great point of, it's sort of like the memories of the director. And there's, that's why there's no real plot. It's kind of similar. It just cuts scene to scene. Uh, it's a lot of funny scenes, cut to funny scenes, but it doesn't always, you know, make sense of, of where we're going next. But I think in a comedy, that almost works better than in a drama, just because you don't need that in between that you might like need the context of a drama like Lady Bird. You're just cutting the dumb scene to dumb scene, to dumb scene, which I really enjoy. But um, yeah, I'm fairly optimistic on this movie. Obviously, we'll get into it a bunch more, but I do want to hear your thoughts on it as well, Corbin. Well, you know, something, Jacob, you're a letterbox guy, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I did read Jacob's letterbox movie about this movie, letterbox review about this movie, and he yeah. said it reminded him a lot of Indiana. So I, want, I was curious <laughs> about that. So I kind of want to throw it over to Jacob oh, okay. to kind of explain his thoughts there, and, and maybe I can find the connecting uh, through line with that as well. If I remember what I wrote, I think my exact words were this movie is exactly what Indiana feels like. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just the thing about growing I grew up in southern Indiana, so like it's a lot different from like believe it or not, it's actually a lot different from like northern Indiana where this is crazy. We got a northern Indiana boy in Cody. I'm from, you know, kind Ooh. of central Indiana, and then we we got uh southern it's Indiana together. So <laughs> so like I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't really know what I was thinking when I wrote the review, but just like kind of the isolated feel of Indiana, because I'm pretty sure, does this movie take place in Idaho? Is that where? I don't know. Yeah, it's Idaho. <laughs> Idaho, yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny because Idaho is actually like a super beautiful place throughout most of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're right. This movie looks like it was like shot in Indiana. So <laughs> it's kind of weird that way. Yeah, I think there is like it's crazy to me to see like this through line of like american culture and i it the reason it reminds me of lady bird is because sacramento is kind of like this midwesterny feel california and i think to a certain extent napoleon dynamite has a very midwestern idaho feel it's like yes this is set more in the west and a, a place that can be very beautiful and there's mountains and rivers and lakes and valleys and there's a lot of farmland too that looks just like the center of the country um so i think we can kind of connect with that too there's also like that weird obscurity that weird like sub country culture but not country culture out in the suburb of a city i don't know it, it kind of creates a through line also 
it feels very just like 2000s but also it feels very 90s and it feels very 80s with like the way the characters dress and it's like this mix of time periods that everyone can connect to a little bit and then also you know Cody I'm curious to you haven't seen this movie but I'm sure you're familiar with with so much of what was contained correct like you couldn't avoid the quotes of the vote for Pedro, the Tots stuff, the the Tina, the the Uncle Rico throwing the football over the mountains, and even like Ligers for me as a child, like I was like I didn't even really watch this movie that much or that connected with that much, but I feel like these things were unavoidable in our culture and, and in the time we were growing up. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I guess I mean I definitely had some blind spots there. Obviously, I I knew about the vote for Pedro shirts; those were everywhere. Uh, yeah, I think I had seen the dance scene before. But I mean, all, all that other stuff, I like the tots. I had no Oh, you idea. were out on tots. I Jacob, not in like people <laughs> said tots and stuff. It was like a thing. It was a. No, it's like a thing my parents did too. They, yeah, there you <laughs> go. They always just say, Napoleon, give me your tots. I was like, stop. <laughs> it's like a quoted movie. I mean, even like the Uncle Rico stuff is like, I've seen ESPN post about it. Oh, yeah. Fair. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, though, it's probably like out of context how am i supposed to know what that is <laughs> well i'm just curious if you had ever made the connection and not that's really but yeah. like now if you, you throw the football i promise the now yeah, that you've seen this time. movie even 15 years later or 17 years later 18 years later you'll probably go and in the next couple of weeks you'll you'll see some sort of reference to it in culture somewhere that you'd never noticed before probably and i mean it, i watched this movie like I don't know, probably like a week ago because we had scheduling, or whatever. My fault. But um, I think like the day after I uh, I saw it, somebody said like I'm gonna throw a football over those mountains over there. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so I think I had that moment already. Yeah. So I think you're yeah. right. Absolutely. Um, the only other things I wanted to say about this is, I think maybe Jacob and I can kind of connect with this as like film production people and in like film majors. It is very cool to see a movie that was made for like. $400,000, which is very oh, cheap yeah. in, in terms of making a movie. A little story about your life, small narrative, submitted to Sundance, critical acclaim, cultural milestone, makes a ton of money at the box office. That's very cool to see that stuff. So I think that's something okay. you can really appreciate this about this film. And I do like it, actually. So Wow. That's good that's to hear. <laughs> any to any other final thoughts? Yeah, yeah I wanted to shout out the soundtrack as well. I think uh, oh, yeah. the sort of synth vibe throughout, I think it's, it's kind of niche and, and cool. And then when they get to the dance, they just start playing bangers, man. They play, <laughs> uh, what's the first one? Forever Young. Oh, oh such yeah. good and then they follow it up with time after time. Like, come on, man. So just wanted to shout that out. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, some pretty incredible music, honestly, all, all throughout, which is fun because uh, let's move on to roll credits. Roll credits. And I was actually going to talk about the opening sequence uh, for this category. So for roll credits, we can talk about crazy credits. We can talk about things that happen. We can say times that people say the title of the movie in the movie. Obviously, the title is the main character's name. So it is said uh, Mm -hmm. often throughout. But for me, I think the opening credits are really interesting. Uh, You see like Fox Searchlight pictures written in ketchup, all the actors like put on the plates with the food. And then there's the library books and candy boxes and chapstick and drawing pens, like laying out all the credits. And you've got that white stripe song playing over top of it, the We Are Gonna Be Friends, which I think is a really fun song. Um, so yeah, I just I thought that was a really cool way to kind of intro a movie. Um, I mean, literally just shooting this stuff like top down and 
awesome art department and fantastic production design. So, yeah, to yeah. bounce off that, I said, um, you know, it is a creative intro, but it's still boring as shit. Um, <laughs> so I don't give it too much credit. A little but... long for a modern it movie. It's long, but I think in the time period, it was might be a little dated. Like going Go back to the um, the White Stripes song, the thing about like those references following you everywhere. I went on a uh, a boat in Florida last week, and that song was playing like when I got in the boat. And I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, it's a popular song, but the fact that I like was going to talk about this movie and I just seen this movie, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah, absolutely. Cody, any other roll credits thoughts? I did have one other thing. Um, I I think it's interesting, um, obviously, to just title a movie directly off the main character. And I was thinking, you know, is this the best movie just straight up where it's the main character's full name? Uh, came up with a couple other movies. Uh, maybe you guys have a couple just off the top of your head. But uh, JFK, that kind of counts. And, uh, you know, my personal favorite, Jerry Maguire. I'd probably take Jerry Maguire over this movie personally, but I feel like that's a kind of a strange thing to do. Just straight up, just go, uh, you know, first name, last name. But what about Michael Clayton? I haven't seen that too sure. Pretty good movie. George Clooney. The Clune Man. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's that's a good one. I'll take Hater over a Clune Man any day of the week, but that's me. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Jacob, any thoughts on roll credits? Going back, I guess, to the title of the movie, I think what's really interesting about this movie and from like which i did say it's a movie about nothing but the idea that the movie is called napoleon dynamite is kind of ironic because the entire movie you notice from beginning to end he doesn't really change like as a character but he changes other characters around him that you kind of start to notice so there's definitely something important to look at there but i I guess he just named the movie napoleon dynamite because he's just a wacky dude (laughs) he's He's just the center of attention. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's a great name, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, can you get a better name than Napoleon Dynamite going to Frenchio, whatever, dictator? Not really, but uh, whatever the words. And then just throwing in Dynamite at the end. Like, that's right. a pretty damn good name. I did find a fun fact that the name was created by rock legend Elvis Costello uh, as a pseudonym for one of his albums. But according to the director of Napoleon Dynamite, it was pure coincidence. He didn't even know that. Apparently, so interesting. I was like, "It's kind of, it's kind of sus," but I don't know. <laughs> suspicious, suspicious. That is uh, suspicious. The last thing I had to say for this category is that something interesting in the the final credits of it is that all 181 student extras are listed by name. Yes. So you, that you know that doesn't really happen typically. So they do have a little bit of a longer credits, but. Uh, it's cool that everybody, you know, got the recognition for being a part of this. So pretty fun. Yeah. Let's move on to stupidest part. You stupid. They're not. The whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who wants to who wants to take it away? Go for it, Start us Okay, so in my notes, I did write down the whole movie as my first point. <laughs> but Fair. um the opening scene where he throws like the wrestling figure out the window, I still don't get that. <laughs> Why did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like that. I mean, as well, like, just to bounce off that too, like, why is he still riding the bus? Like, <laughs> he does have a bike, right? He, he's on oh, a bus with a home. 
I guess that is Pedro's bike, but I don't know. How did they get to town that one time? Was it still Pedro's bike? Dude, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> Transportation is an issue, man. I was yeah, there. Well, I was that guy in high school. I didn't have a car. I understand it. The vibes yeah, are bad. Tough. But yeah, why was he dragging the action figure forward? No, I, I couldn't tell you. I have no <laughs> okay, idea. I'm not alone on that. Anything. <laughs> About two things Napoleon does in this movie actually make sense. And for the most part, it's, it's, there's a lot of question marks, uh, is what I would say in general. I also wrote down that the movie's just stupid, but that's like the charm of it. Uh, it's, it, it captures this like very specific, annoying, weird type of humor. Um, and I think it's successful because it was very original in doing that. And it wasn't a copy or cheap, like unsuccessful ripoff of what this movie does. Um, it was really unique at the time. And I think because it was the first one, it, it kind of stands that test of time and, and is able to be like, yeah, this is still funny no matter what. Uh, throughout uh, my other one that I had, um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about the scene, but the whole like super serious gym bro, uh, like ninja, whatever, karate scene. <laughs> I thought it was kind of <laughs> like it makes sense for the movie, but it, it seems just like really out of place. Obviously, like it's a cool tie in. Cause they just go from the commercial straight there. So I like that a lot, but I thought, I, I kind of thought it was like drawn out a little bit, seemed a little unnecessary. And then you get the payoff at the end where obviously, um, what is it? Uncle Rico gets his ass beat by the guy, but I don't know that scene all together. It kind of just felt long. And the guy was just like yelling random shit for like 10 minutes, but I thought that was pretty dumb. Yeah. Something about that scene. I feel like, Every scene in this movie, in one way or another, is meant to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) And that scene, like, when you're watching it, (laughs) when he calls Kip up, it's just so... (laughs) I'm just, like, scratching at my neck. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) That's a fair point. I mean, if that's the goal of the movie, that's that's maybe the best scene. I was very uncomfortable during that scene. But, yeah, that's a good point. Thought of the scene where Uncle Rico... This is one of my favorite scenes, where Uncle Rico takes the steak off of Kip's plate and throws it at Napoleon's bike. <laughs> or throws it at him, actually. It hits him in the face. That was so Oh, yeah, stupid. he smacks him. It's just one of those slapstick moments that's just so funny. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it's so funny. Favorite scene? She is very gorgeous to me! Uh, I'll, I'll get it started here. Uh, I think you can't, you can't not love the uh, Napoleon's dance at the end of the movie. It, it's just an uplifting moment, you know? He breaks it down. He puts it all out on the line, and the crowd loves it. They eat it up, and I think it's a great little ending to the film. Yeah, that little um, it's like that break of silence at the end where the music stops, and he just kind of awkwardly runs off stage, and you're like expecting silence, but it's so satisfying, and the whole crowd just goes crazy. It's great. That's yeah. literally one of my favorite scenes in the yeah. whole movie. That was definitely on the top of my list as well. I think um. If you don't enjoy that scene, there's, there's kind of something wrong with you. But even like the drawn out, just dance, like the choreography for that is pretty impressive for Hater. I don't know how much of it was choreographed or they're just like, just go out there and do your thing. Just like, you know, envision the character, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think that's by far the best scene in the movie. And it's such a good like climactic moment as well. Such a good ending, I think. But yeah, big fan. I think the camera work in that scene is also really good just from a filmmaking standpoint. It's the editing is great it's it's fantastic 
and um there's a bunch of actually more interesting camera too i think in the the bike scene where they're trying to jump it um mm-hmm. there's like some cool camera the work. tarantino zoom <laughs> yeah, they zoom way in on them and then as well um it's kind of cool at editing when uh whatever the farmer is when he shoots that cow right in front <laughs> of the buzz that's one of my favorites too just just the way they cut that up but there's actually a lot of like i'm sure you guys will go into more in the filmmaking section but i think just like interesting cuts interesting shots along with comedy is paired really well the uh, last favorite scene i wanted to talk about is kind of like the little bowl sales montage that we get for a second so first you see like rico and he's like selling the bowls and he's like telling the guy to like break it and the guy's <laughs> like struggling and he's, he's so embarrassed and I, I think it's pretty funny and then you cut to kip and he's he's in the car <laughs> he's backing over it it just explodes and then he just puts the car and drives away and i i think that's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie bouncing off that i think uh another great scene is uh just the setup to the whole tupperware thing because i could have sworn to god that they were gonna like rob a bank or something uh the back and forth them at the diner yeah yeah and it's like oh we don't we don't trust napoleon with this information (laughs) And then they just go out and sell Tupperware. I love that too. Such a good writing, I think, in along with all like the the physical gag comedy. But yeah, that's that's one of my favorites as well. Jacob, any final thoughts? The whole tater tots bit it's iconic, but like, kind of. I guess this does tie into filmmaking, but like the insert shots of him. Let's. Well, um, yeah. Okay. Let's. Okay. Let's okay. Jump okay. okay. Let's yeah, wait. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's talk filmmaking. We are full sale university. We take dreams seriously. All right. I was also going to talk about insert shots, but Jacob, go ahead and take, take it away. Tell us about the insert shots and, and kind of the way it plays in with the tot scene. Yeah. So when they're like taking the test and he unzips his pocket and like he's trying to get the tots out. Um, this also ties into the uncomfortable aspects of the movie because the sound is also like just kind of retching, kind of jarring. The fact you're just like squishing those tots and you're, hand in your pocket but um <laughs> yeah do you want to talk more about the tots corbin <laughs> i was just gonna say there's a lot like you, you you've hit it on the head a couple times it's this this uncomfortable nature where it's like it's funny but i don't know if i should laugh or if i should be kind of grossed out or weirded out or these people are just strange right and the tots thing it's it's the insert shots it's that extreme close-up where you're you're right there next to the like his like jean pocket with the the food in it and it, it's gross but it's funny and i just love the way it's cut together and you're, you're it's so intimate and i think the use of something like that an insert shot which is where you take you know a close-up of a specific item on screen to kind of identify it um is, is really cool and uh yeah the other thing i want to talk about is just that you know this is a low budget film it's really cool that some it made it to sundance it was shot in 22 days for $400,000 and it's had just such a lasting impact and, and made a ton of money. So I think that's really cool. As well. Anybody else have any other filmmaking pieces, Cody, anything you want to talk about? I didn't have too much. Um, really left it to you guys here. You As know, always bringing, bringing yeah. it down. <laughs> Jacob, any final thoughts? I don't know. We talked about like the, the crazy zooms and like the ending scene with the editing and all that. I guess going back to like the, the whole Tupperware business plotting thing, the framing and like that diner seems actually like really good. <laughs> I was, I was kind of impressed watching it again. It did feel like 
it kind of gave off that vibe that they were going to do something a little more malicious, but then they just start selling to horror and stuff like that. So I think the line is, you know, I'm, I'd be better on foot. You take the car or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, stuff's about to go down. But you know, I think like specifically that diner scene, like you guys are saying is like ridiculously well shot. And like for somebody who is not like a big filmmaking guy to notice that, I think it's impressive in this sort of budgeted movie. I think the ability to play with genre and, and kind of toe that line of like, is this something serious? And then bring it right back with, oh, this is all just a joke. Uh, yeah. it, it's really impressive. And it, it takes a lot to really maintain that through line. It's hard and it, it's really done well here in Napoleon Dynamite. Let's move on to weird movie details trivia. Naked grandma! Naked, huh? Cody, you want to ask the first question? <laughs> Test our knowledge of Napoleon Uh-oh. Dynamite. I'll tell you what, I took a, a cue from the movie here. My questions are very dumb and uh, don't have a lot to do with the movie, but uh, we'll go straight into it here. My first one, uh, basically, what is John Hayter's middle name? And I'll, I'll give you guys some options here. So obviously his name's John, looking for a middle name here. Is it John Joseph, John Jim, John Joe, or John John? It has to be John John. <laughs> yeah, John John from Jacob. Corbino, Cody, you would be, you would make up John John. That's something you would do. <laughs> so you said John Joe and John Joseph. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, those are two options. And you, if it's John Joe, you know for a fact that it's not Joe short for Joseph. You verified right. this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've done my research here. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like you met. Uh, nobody's name is John Joe. I'm going to go John Joseph. <laughs> That's correct. Corbin sniffed that one out pretty well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, John Joe. I just want to shout out that Alex Corbin. Uh, that was a couple episodes ago, right? What was yeah. the name? Joe, Joe John. John. Joe yeah. John is John Joe is not terrible. Exactly. Joe John. <laughs> if we reversed it in the JJ, that's not bad. But yeah, good stuff, Corbin. You got a question for me? Yeah. This is uh, no choices here. So John Hader voiced a cartoon frog on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show in 2014. What was this character's name? <laughs> what? Uh... It's a play on his on who his actual is. name. It's a play on think of a French leader. Napoleon. Oh. <laughs> well, like, what's his full name? Wait. We need a full name. Mm-hmm. Napoleon. Also, he's a frog. Napoleon Amphibian. Napoleon. We can get this, guys. Bonatoad. Cody, you're so close. Ooh, it's actually really good. Bonafrog. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, he was on one episode of the, like, animated Nickelodeon series that went from, like, 2012 to 2016, 17, maybe. But, yeah, one episode in 2014 where he plays this mutant frog. And he does his Napoleon voice, and he's called Napoleon Bonafrog, and it's a big, like, Napoleon Dynamite reference. And I just had to talk about that. Napoleon Bonafrog. What a name. I'm a master of, like, you know, frog stuff. Check out this free demo. Whoa, gross, but awesome. I know, right? I'm basically the greatest warrior anyone's ever seen. My people love me. 
They give me like awards and stuff. I'm gonna have to go look that up. That's it looks incredible. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Jacob, take it away. What's your question? I have two here. I'm trying to decide. Okay, I'll just pick the first one. Um, so this is related to the movie because you know I don't know. I didn't know what to do. You follow the assignment, unlike some people. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so oh, I lost it. Oh my god. Where did it go? Oh, never mind. I found it. Okay. Um, so, who was almost given the role of Rex, the mixed martial artist that we talked about previously? Oh. I'm not going to give options because I didn't write them down. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, hmm. that's when what, was this released? 2005 or something? My guess for a person who could play that role would be Rob Riggle, but I don't think he's good, in the space. Good, yeah. Like that, that's a great casting for that role, but I don't think that's who's getting, I don't know who's like at that level. I would who's, guess like a wrestler or something. I guess like Hulk Hogan, who's a peak wrestler in 05. It's got to be someone that's like familiar enough with. Like the Undertaker. No, he's got to be, that's like too big of a name. It can't be that big of a name. <laughs> I don't know any wrestlers, bro. You got to help me out here. I'm going Rob. You guess. <laughs> or, or Jack Black, maybe. I'd go Hulk Hogan or... Uh, I'll say Jack Black. Adam it Hogan. is Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. You said wrestler, and I was like, Nacho Libre. I was freaking uh, out of here. <laughs> well, the reason I... I know Jack Black just because... I mean, he did do Nacho Libre, which was also directed by the same guy. So I thought maybe yeah. there was a connection. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Good pull I would for really me. like to see Jack Black in that role. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be, be very awesome. Jack Black uh, would have done it too, I feel like. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Cody, you got another I, question? I do. I'll hit you with my second one here. And uh, you don't have any options this time, so we're making it a little bit harder. Okay. In 2021, again, this has nothing to do with anything, but uh, in 2021, what is the average salary per hour of a Tupperware salesperson. And we're free balling it. We're playing prices right rules here. So just don't go over. Per hour? Per hour. Yeah. Nobody cares about annual out here. Come on. Is this like where okay, and I asked where you got the st- statistic? Was it like the Bureau of Labor Statistics? Or was this <laughs> yeah. like some no. advertisement was like you could make this much money? <laughs> no, it's legit stuff again. <laughs> you're doubting my research, but <laughs> I just need to gauge like I did look it up. The Bureau of whatever, yeah. Labor statistics. Sure. Okay. Then my guess is twenty-one fifty. Twenty-one fifty an hour from Corbin. Jacob, what, what are we thinking? Um <laughs> Okay, let me think. Let me use my high school econ brain for a second. <laughs> Draw a quick supply and demand curve. No, I'm kidding. Um how much do people want plastic? <laughs> okay. Um dude i love tupperware oh, i'm gonna go a while though that's the problem once it's all been sold yeah where's the market for it uh i'll go lower 1875 uh you guys are absolutely nowhere near uh it is 65 an hour evidently. whoa booming business still that's crazy but, uh, yeah. <laughs> point to there props we uh we need to get it a different line of work. Honestly, <laughs> sell some I'm plastic. I'm considering going to Tupperware after looking that stuff up, but yeah. Tough All stuff. right, my second question, and I need to just ask this off the top: Did it, either of you guys know about the scene at the end of the credits? No. Um, 
I I'm gonna be real. I didn't watch it, but I I read about it. But I forgot. Okay, so Cody, you you can answer this. You have to answer first before Jacob yeah, yeah. answers. Okay. After the theatrical run and then like all the film festival success, Fox Searchlight decided to add an additional five minute epilogue scene onto the end of the movie. So they they filmed it. Yeah, they filmed it after the fact. Wow. They slapped it on after the credits. It's set two months after the end of the movie and cost half of the movie's original budget just to shoot. What happens in this scene? Is it A, Pedro helps the entire school's dreams come true by inst- instituting all-you-can-eat tots? B, Napoleon is gifted a trip to a zoo in Boise, Idaho to see a real-life liger but is sadly disappointed. C, Uncle Rico takes Kip and Napoleon out into the mountains to show them how far he can throw the football. <laughs> he throws out his shoulder and then they glumly return home. Or D, Kip and Luanda get married with Tina the Llama as a bridesmaid. Napoleon arrives late on horseback. Those are all great options there. I, w- I would narrow it down between the first two, if I'm being honest. I really like the Liger. I don't know if you were, you could have wrote that though. That that's not that good. Or you could have wrote that. Uh, what was the first one again? Uh, Pedro helps the entire school's dreams come true by instituting all you can eat tots. I don't think it would have been tots though. So I'm gonna go with Liger. I, I think that that would be a really funny scene. Jacob, what's your answer? I really want it to be the last one, and I'm gonna pick the last one. It is the last one. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Go back, yeah. check it out. It's actually, so it's very that interesting. So, so like one of the, I can't remember which guy it is, but some guy who from earlier in the movie is like the officiant of the wedding. Pedro, yeah. Pedro's sitting there and Kip's sitting there and Rico's sitting there and they're like, where the hell is Napoleon? Or I guess Kip is standing there and they're like, where the hell is Napoleon? And then he like shows up on horseback and then he like gives it to Kip and Luanda. But yeah, they get married, and it's like two months later. It's weird. Wedding scene. I'll have to go watch that. I, I had no idea. That Napoleon was. also might be shirtless. <laughs> so that'll be, you have to go check it out if you want that. Jacob, uh, you got another question? Yes. Um, so how much money was given to John Hader to play Napoleon? Interesting. Considering the film's low budget yeah. as well. I'm going to say... Twenty thousand dollars. That's probably too high, but yeah, I think that is too high. I would. I'm just gonna go ten thousand. That that's what I, my gut initially said, but that might even be too high. He was given a thousand dollars. Wow. To Dang. play Napoleon. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure he exactly. made some yeah. money after oh, that, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> but um, that is. I would hope so, but that's crazy. That is crazy. This is a movie that, luckily, you know, was part of the the dvd it was still in the dvd arrows before streaming so i'm sure they they got some decent decent sales so all definitely a movie that you know kind of i'm sure had a life as well at like blockbuster and and video rental services you know miss blockbuster let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back and we're back with who can act wow cody take it away (laughs) yeah i think uh a decent amount of people in this movie uh can act pretty well i did want to shout out you know, the lead duo, John Hader. Well, it's not really, but it's my favorite duo. John Hader and uh, Egbert Ramirez, Pedro and, uh, you know, Napoleon. I think their relationship is my favorite of the movie. I think it carries the movie a lot. 
So I want to shout them out. Um, but I also want to shout out um, Aaron Real. I believe that's how you say his name. Plays Kip. I think he's he might be on the next level here. Him, him and John Hader are both ridiculously good, but I think the commitment to this role, and especially because, like, I don't even know this guy's name. haven't seen him in anything else, I don't think. I think he's very, very good. He has that exact same dry humor that just feeds off John Hader, I think. And sort of his arc, I think, is really funny as well, because obviously he's just a loser who, you know, has a girlfriend online, blah, blah, blah. And then he, <laughs> he meets his girlfriend, and instantly he just changes automatically to to what she would want so i think that's hilarious all of his scenes i was dying like near the end of the movie and uh i think he's super underrated so that's my pick for uh this movie yeah i i would say this movie is just like has a pretty incredible cast like everyone fits the roles really well it's it's very much a lot of people who are like small-time actors or just like real people playing these roles very you know real uh type stuff and i think they did a great job casting everyone uh john hater Tina Marino as Deb, uh, the karate guy, which is Dietrich Bader. Max mom from Always Sunny in Philadelphia plays yeah. their grandma. Like I, it's <laughs> just a pretty fun cast for a small movie. And I, I think everyone is pretty great, honestly. It, it's honestly really hard to pick somebody who can't act, but we'll get to that shortly. Jacob, what are your thoughts? Who can act? I concur with everything, but um, I really do like uncle rico a lot john grease i believe is his name um he's just he keeps this bit going on for the longest time well not like bit but like just his idea going on that he would have been the star football player then he got injured and he like (laughs) tapes himself (laughs) just throwing footballs it's just so goofy and he does it like so well shout out uncle rico Let's throw it over to who can't act. That's my opinion! Yeah, I want to shout out Uncle Rico again. <laughs> yeah, I expected that. He was my pick. Uh, like Corbin said, it's pretty difficult to single somebody out. I think he's kind of in just a different movie at times, which isn't a bad thing. He's obviously doing his own sort of comedy shtick. It does get a little bit old, but I think he's good. I would just say, like, he's not, like, in that awkward, dry humor sort of writing which is is just different and doesn't mean bad necessarily but i think his performance at times uh like his first couple scenes i I really like but as the movie goes on his interactions with like napoleon i felt like were like uh less realistic so if i do have to single somebody out it's gonna be my boy uncle rico sad to say that's tough i think that's really like one of the best characters in this i think really that archetype of like the it's so funny because it's like the guy who's, oh, I would have made it pro. He's the bad right? like, like Jacob said. But yeah. yeah, he didn't even, it's not even like I got injured and would have made it pro. It's like, <laughs> I just didn't even play. Like, he <laughs> just like was not good. And I think that's just so funny to me. And I, I think his pairing in like, if you look at him in the context of like that family and like that idea of like, your family can be so weird and different and vast. And, and I think it's really funny and cool. I got to say that Don, the bully guy character, I, I don't think he's too too great in this. Uh, That's my pick. He's just like a dick. Jacob, do you have anything else? To, it just doesn't work for me. I Yeah, it just doesn't work for me either. He's He also just looks like he's like 30 years old, but <laughs> so do most people in this movie. So The hairstyle is insane. <laughs> but uh, I just don't like him. I just don't. That's that one... Uh... Summer's 
boyfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. Blind, like, he, I mean, he's the one who's I like, mean, give me your dots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I feel like he is, like, much older than everybody else in the, in the high school. I mean, which, yeah, they're all adults, but, like, he, like, he's going to get the, like, Joe Manganiello and the Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah. just, this is a full-grown adult Flash buff, dude. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Good pick. I am recasting him. Spoiler alert. So, that was a good pick as well. The recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You know, funny enough, Cody, you you didn't like him, so I am gonna recast him, Uncle Rico. I, I think you know it's interesting that we mentioned the whole like Jack Black to play the Karate Master thing because that would be like a good spot for like a little bit of like an upper level cameo character to come in. If we're not gonna do that, I think Uncle Rico is another great spot to have like more of a seasoned actor, something that's a little bit more. And, you know, to, to bring in the fans. Obviously, they didn't need it, but let, let's do it with Uncle Rico. And this is not someone who I would probably typically ever cast in anything ever. But, and maybe it's a little bit unfair because they've worked together, but jo- give me David Spade as Uncle Rico. Yeah. Uh, I think he could, I mean, <laughs> he could do what the Uncle Rico guy is doing, but way better uh, just because he's a significantly, he's a better actor. He has more experience. He might be a little bit cruder or or grosser or but you know what it's David Spade bring him in why not have some fun with it I like that a lot I think that would um, definitely be a good choice bring a different vibe to the movie and um, funny enough I actually obviously I'm going after Uncle Rico as well I went with Come the on. other Benchformers guy I went with Rob Schneider so, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we're bringing in the Benchformers verse here. Um, but yeah, I think David Spade or Rob Schneider would be great if you got them at like that that perfect age, like uncle age. So we're kind of uh, I want to like divvy out the age exactly where I want it for them. But I mean, like you said, they both have great chemistry with John Hader. We've seen that in Benchformers, which is one of my personal favorites from growing up. And um, yeah, you know, John Grease, he's okay, but both of those guys are much more seasoned actors, and they definitely bring off like a much different vibe. I think. You can still have that storyline where, you know, he's, he's the failed football player or whatever. But I think they bring a lot more comedy than than John did. So I like that a lot. Yeah, we're we're talking in tandem here. Jacob, yeah. what are your thoughts? This was <clears throat> probably the hardest part for me because I couldn't really find anyone that I would want to recast as anyone. But just randomly thinking about it, I don't know what character he would play, but I think bringing the indie film legend – Steve Buscemi in here somewhere would be hilarious. <laughs> just anywhere, just for like five minutes, one scene, it'd be great. <laughs> Don't know who he would play, but you know, I like no, that that is that is a really great idea. And you know, they did this like little TV uh, cartoon series uh, a few years ago, and they brought back all the original cast. And they should have they should have brought Steve Buscemi in to voice a character. That would have been great. Sure. And it's a missed opportunity. Let's uh, move on to our final category, the rating. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Out of 69, of course, we always do that. Nice. Uh, Jacob, what do, you, what do you give this movie? <laughs> um, so I was going off my letterbox rating because I think I gave it four stars out of five. So roughly 56 out of 69 because obviously this isn't a perfect movie. It's like pretty dull at moments, but you know it's classic i don't know i just give <laughs> just in the nice middle ground there with the 56 for sure cody what do you got funny enough i'm also going 56 here 56 out of 69 we agree on suey i'd probably yeah i'd probably go three and a half on letterbox but you know our rating system is a little bit broken 
But uh, yeah, I think he banged it right on the money there. I'm going the same thing. Yeah, I went three and a half on Letterbox, which for me and my rating system brings me down a little bit more to like a 47. I it's like right below Fast Five for me is kind of where I think. In <laughs> so I basically I just rate I rank all these movies against each other, the ones we've talked about on the podcast. So in in our podcast movie terms, Fast Five is the uh, is the one that's right above it, and then uh, yeah, right below it is Clueless. So it's it's sandwiched in between those two films for me so napoleon dynamite 47 out of 69 for a, a grand total of 53 out of 69 for a podcast rating so that was a fun discussion great movie any closing final thoughts about napoleon dynamite before we move on i think uh comedy wise that that might be one of the higher scores we've had like collectively uh, it's true i don't appreciate comedies always on the show yeah, so Jordan hates comedies basically <laughs> grown ups, but, he uh, hates laughing yeah pretty much that that's going in that show but uh definitely a good pick and uh i think it deserved writing there from all of us we need you know what the problem is a lot of the comedies we've done i know people love grown-ups but in reality like the wrong missy and i mean what what other comedies like we don't do good comedies traditionally so i think this is really refreshing to talk about like a good like a comedy i actually really think is great um and i'm excited in the future to do like some of those like really great comedy classics that i think like 40 40 year old version or super bad or uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall uh, yeah stuff like that but I think we could have a lot of fun talking about the great stuff as well as the bad stuff True. Napoleon Dynamite was a fun one though let's move on to we have a pod rhythm it's like the last segment for this we draw a card from this blockbuster movie game yes Cody season three season, season three, three. Season three. <laughs> our movie is Beauty and the Beast uh. Oh, Jacob is not a fan of Beauty and the Beast. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> we'll throw it to Cody first. Cody, give us your thoughts. 30 seconds, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, you know, one of Disney's original. Uh, I believe it was actually nominated for Best Picture, which is kind of crazy. But uh, great music. Love the candlestick guy. Love the clock guy. Big fans of them. Haven't seen it for a while. I believe the music is pretty good. Still holds up. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the classic love story. Uh, I prefer, you know, Gaston. Probably should have gone with him instead of the guy who looks like Werewolf. But, uh, or Josh Gad. He's cool, too. But, uh, you know, Pass. I'd say... You're done. Time. <laughs> Pass. Well, I'm going to uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll save Jacob the, the stress. Okay, so, yeah. I got to first say that this is one of Mina's favorites, uh, Disney princesses. She loves the Emma Watson one, uh, which I do think is actually a pretty good, like, live-action live adaptation. They brought the music back. You get Ewan McGregor and Patrick Stewart, which is fun uh, playing the characters. So yeah, it's a, it's a decent flick. I don't know about Josh Gad and the other dude who plays Gaston, but they're okay. And uh, also Mina loves Napoleon Dynamite and she was sad I watched this movie without her. So apologies to her, but shout out to a true fan. She'll probably text me about this. Jacob, what are your thoughts? 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be real. I haven't seen this movie since I was a little tyke so you know <laughs> and i've just never been interested in it like at all so do like the candlestick dude a lot uh whoever the beast name is does he have an official name beast, beast. no that's literally his name um yeah he terrified me as a child so i don't think that's why i, I watched it after that i thought he was scary <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> i think there are some like scary secrets there is time there's like fucking that big ass organ like turns into a big face or some shit i don't know I haven't the new one's kind of scary too like the character design yeah. of the the cgi beast is a little scary yeah 
No. So as a kid, yeah, I was, I was a little terrified too. So I backed up. We'll move on to our final category. Recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. What have we been into? What do we want to recommend to the listeners? Uh, I'll get it started with the first thing, and then maybe we can wrap around and come back to me. Uh, Top Gun Maverick comes out this week. Top uh, Tom Cruise, not a great guy, maybe. You know, Scientologist, interesting character. But he's a movie star, and this is kind of like a movie star movie. Top Gun's obviously a classic from the 80s. Um, I'm interested to see how it performs at the box office. It has been getting some pretty good reviews critically. And uh, I don't know, check it out. I think it would be a fun one to see in theaters, in all honesty. You know, Top Gun obviously wasn't alive to see a movie like that in theaters. So here's a good opportunity. See some planes, do some crazy stunts. Yeah, it's been getting good reviews, to be fair. And I mean, you throw Miles Teller in with a mustache, can't really complain. So I'll probably see it. I'm not going to lie. Jacob is fanning himself. We'll throw it over to him. Hot and bothered. Um, just any recommendation, whatever. Yeah, anything. If anything you've been watching, or if you just want to tell the people to check something out, give it to uh, us. Today I finished season three of Atlanta, which is my favorite show. It ended really weird, but um, great show. Recommended if you like surrealism and any type. Uh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> season season three is a little. It's a little less quality than the previous two, but. Still, still a great watch. Yeah, I've I've recommended it on the show in the past. Atlanta's great. I haven't been keeping up with the season in the way that I want to, so I'm going to need to come back. I watched the first couple episodes and just kind of fell out of it. Mm-hmm. But the same thing happened with the second season, and then I kind of came back and binged it all at once. So I will be sure to check it out in the coming weeks. Cody, you got anything else for us? Yeah, I did uh, talk about the Thor trailer briefly. I, I don't know what to think about the tricks. Uh, obviously, it's clashing tones a lot with uh, Christian Bale, who's, uh, as we've talked about before, a great actor, one of, one of the top five working today, I'd say pretty easily. Um, it, it looks like he's going down to do some serious shit. Um, but then the other half is, you know, you got Jane Foster, you got Zeus, you got Taika Waititi, you got Korg. I mean, it, it's it's the Thor Ragnarok, you know. So I'm interested to see how that plays, just because in Thor Ragnarok, in a lot of the emotional like moments or serious moments, it was played off with a joke. So I kind of don't want them to do that to Christian Bale just because I think he deserves to have like a, a badass cool villain. And I don't really think he would sign up for, for something that isn't like that at this point in his career. But it is Marvel. I don't really know. And uh, I'm excited. The trailer got me excited. So props to that. But I mean, Natalie Portman looks jacked, which is cool. But uh, yeah, I, I, what'd you guys think? About? I, I thought it looked good. I don't know. Thor 4. I really like Thor Ragnarok a ton. I think Taika Waititi is great. So I'm very excited for this film. What do you think about Christian Bale's look? Yeah, I think it was scary. There's there's like certain times where it looks kind of cheesy and I'm not sure, but then there's other times where I like it. So I'm in a final cut put together. Right. I, I'm i more is when I'll judge it, I'll say. Um, I, I saw something on TikTok today, a really cool, like someone basically like explained an entire like, 10 issues of a comic of yeah. a, like Gore the God Butcher to Thor run that was pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it'd be pretty cool. Jacob, are you a big like MCU fan at all? Or, or what are your thoughts on all this? I used to, but then like all of a sudden I just started, I felt like they're all blending together and I was just kind of becoming disinterested. I actually really don't like Thor Ragnarok. Cause I think it tries really hard to be a comedy and I don't think it's funny like at all. So, you know, hey, fair enough. We like Different it. tastes. We like it a lot. 
But uh, also, I did want to shout out Survivor. Uh, tonight, of the, of the airing of this episode, tonight, oh, okay. season Very finale. Nice. Big time stuff. I'll tell you what, the season, so start. We've come along now to the final five. And uh, I'm interested to see how it ends. Uh, obviously, I think right now it's a mediocre season. If it sticks to landing, I think it could be up there with, you know, maybe maybe put it in like the 20s. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I definitely think Marianne will win the season. I think she should win the season. But the last time I said that was like Rick Devins and Edge of Extinction, and that guy got to boot. So I think we might be in for a bit of an unpredictable finale. And uh, I'm pretty hyped for it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, my boy Mike win either. I think he's had a pretty good edit. Yeah, you're big into the whole edit thing. Uh, I do want to just shout out, J- Jacob, do you watch Survivor? Have you ever seen any Survivor? No. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it's it's actually funny. I have been getting into some like older seasons of it, and it is really cool to look at from a production standpoint, the way you know edits come together. I think we've talked about this on the show before, but just like – you know, these are real people, but they kind of, you know, become these like television characters and it's really easy to binge it. It's crazy to see like, just like human emotion when you're starved and you're cold and you're alone Yeah. and uh, you're kind of on the, the brink of it and you're fighting for a million dollars and like, what will you do? How big of an asshole will you do? How many people will you betray? Will you flip on somebody? You really can't trust anybody at any point. Like, I don't think I've ever like there's definitely been times where people have been trustworthy, but at the end of the day, like everybody lies and it's, if you want to win, at least you got to, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta break some hearts. Yeah. Um, but you also have to like keep your alliances and like get the people you trust. Cause that's the only, like people have to vote for you to win. So it's like the people you vote. It, it's a really interesting show. And I would right. recommend like, look up like what, what's a good season and check it out. Cause you could probably like get into it really easily. Um, it's very accessible. And it, there's also just like a lot of differing, things you know there's there's a ton of different seasons where they've done a bunch of different stuff so you can find maybe what your niche is and the, the type of characters you like so yeah and i think you just started watching survivor kagai on correct Marvin? Yeah, yeah yeah so i finished a whole season in like two days and right. then i'm already oh, like halfway through another one this is bad because really? I, I haven't been watching movies as much but where, where are you at in kagai on? um we're post-merge we're like two uh-huh. episodes i think we're on like episode <laughs> eight or nine how was that merge episode, dude? Yeah, it's oh, pretty crazy. Man. There's there's Insane. a lot of stuff happening. Chaos, um, Cass. Hell yeah, dude. No, it's crazy. Yeah, Cass is wild, so. Oh, yeah. Such a good season. Uh, the, I mean, out of all seasons, that is the one I would recommend. Top three season, no doubt. I, I think you ask anybody in Survivor Community. Such good stuff. But, yeah, I'm excited you're watching that. Jacob, any other recommendations for the people? Um, I'm going to shout out The Northman. That just came out not that long ago. It was actually a huge surprise because I saw the green Knight in theaters, which is kind of similar, like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, medieval stuff. Um, I didn't really like it. It wasn't up my alley. And then I saw this movie and I didn't really know what to expect of it. And it just kept getting crazier and better. So I do really recommend that film and see it in theaters. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, it's one I wanted to check out for sure. I think we might've, I, I might've missed my window of opportunity to check it out, but streaming soon, hopefully. Yeah. Cody, any final thoughts? I got nothing else. Appreciate right. you guys tuning in. Yeah. The state cap and we're finishing out May Mania, Mania strong. Stick around with us. Thanks so much for Jacob yeah, for being up, here. Up, Appreciate it. Thank well, you for having shout me. Out, shout out your letterbox. Shout out your if the people want to follow you, anything you want to <laughs> tell the people. 
Shout out my letterbox, jclobster, J-A-C-L-O-B-S-T-E-R. Um, I don't know. Shout out Kendrick Lamar. I love that guy. I'm Shout out Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Peace. Hot. Let's go. Very nice. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.